I, I said some not so nice words. So we're live. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me, by the way. So anyway, I go back and say, I need to see the manager. And so, you know, he, you know, I have to go through the drive through again. So I have to wait again. And then I get up there and, you know, I tell him what happened and he gives me the correct donuts. No apology or anything. Just, you know, gives me the donuts and then I go on my merry way. So anyway, well, there's more to this donut story, but we do have donuts in the studio today. So I guess I need to start the intro, huh? Yes, you were telling about the donuts. Yes. I we had do to have start. Donuts, we're talking about donuts. But Okay. Start the show? Yeah. I'll it's start. time to start the show. classroom come on in take a seat beside me my friend hey look here come t.a charlie let's see what he got to say i'm gonna say that i'm mad at a local donut shop but it is donut friday and you're watching the road to concord with professor joe bakanovic homeroom is on rumble you just go to rumble and you search the channels for the road to concord it's one word when you find it, you go ahead and you click five. <laughs> He's got donuts from oh. my donuts! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it might mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast, it's easy, it's free. I did it, you can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, and sometimes on YouTube. That's when the professor's not going to get himself censored, mostly just Wednesday. Then you can catch a podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and sometimes on BitChute. Just look for The Road to Concord. You can go to the blog page. 
That's the road to concord.com. That's where you'll find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. Finally, you can email a professor at joe at the road to concord.com. He's a little slow and he's a little donated, donated today, so <laughs> he'll eventually get around to emailing you back. And uh, that was a good one there uh, to our favorite sailor out there. Uh, phones are on today, 229-469-0335, but only for registered numbers. We only accept calls from regular known listeners. If you wish to call in, and we need to know who you are and stuff, and then you can send us an email and, and we'll hook you up. If you find our classes helpful, please click the thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Just warn them, especially when he's on donuts, Joe is an acquired taste. This show is listener-sponsored, meaning we do not solicit business advertising, so we are not limited in the content we provide for y'all. With that said, we ask for your participation on a value-for-value basis. If you find our show of value to you, then you provide an equivalent portion of your labor and treasure through the donut link on the Road to Concord blog page and the show description on Rumble and in the comments on the other streams. Hey, we all know T.A. Charlie isn't all there. (laughs) Now, just stay seated and give it a chance. You soon realize we not might be the smartest, but we each independently form opinions based on reason and logic. We're free thinkers. Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic has on the lesson plan for today. Apparently. Donuts. Donuts, yes, donuts, donuts, donuts. But apparently, seeing how I'm a Marine, I can be trusted with a loaded weapon but not with a nuclear power plant. <laughs> that was so good. That was good. We had an email. Yes, we had an email. Thank had you us both that. rolling in the floor. Yes, we had, we had a good laugh. This we had a really good Thank laugh. You. But And then, like I told Charlie, I kind of started that because I, I poked the bear with that. So I deserved that comment. But anyhow, you know, just, right. it was funny. Just, what are we talking about today, Charlie? Uh, well, we're going to talk about... The end of the world. But the first we'll talk White about White frosted donuts. with sprinkles. <clears throat> but we didn't have any of those, we didn't today. Have those today. Today we had fried air covered in sugar. Yes. Krispy Kreme. Yes. Yeah. I got one for the top of the hour break too. I left. I, I saved one. So that I, I can get a, a second mid-show fix. Yeah. So you you guys are in trouble today. All right. <sighs> Just gonna I'm going to leave you alone with them. Hang off the walls, man. Hey, it's the end of the world as I know it. <laughs> the end of the world with diabetes <laughs> yes <laughs> more than likely but sooner or later I, I, I mean hey i was told i had to get into shape and i am round as a shape and i'm in it and it takes lots of donuts to stay that way i told you this was going to be a free day yes what just real quick can you get some new material I've heard that round joke multiple times, and I'm sure others have as well. <laughs> Little bunny foo-foo. Skipping through the forest. Scooping up the Natashas, popping them on their head. I see that we don't have any of our ladies in the classroom today, so nobody's going to tell me to leave Natasha alone today. <laughs> uh, Jenny can't get on Facebook. She got it now. Hmm. I've got no control over Zuckerberg world, but I do have a control over what? Yeah, we got some others on there. So okay. maybe well, it's just, I, I do have control over what we talk about. So apparently I have to get new, 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 new material. 
<sighs> okay, well, I'm going to go back and start. I'll, I'll let Charlie do the show, and I'm going to start researching old Richard Pryor videos. That'll get me some new material. Going to have to reprimand Natasha for insubordination. Yes, we should. Hey, we could assign her an essay. <clears throat> I told you yes. I'd talk to you. Yes. <laughs> I told you all today we would probably talk about how I see time, path of history. Um, was it a week or two ago I was talking to you all about dimensions? And that I sometimes, the way I envision the world, remember, biblical worldview, biblical perspective, I see time as being an intersecting of a world like ours, you know, where you got a timeline in three dimensions and, and then the spirit world is another timeline in three dimensions and intersects ours at 90 degrees. I, you can't draw it, not in a three-dimensional world, you can't draw it, but I can mental, mentally conceive of this. And what that would do is basically the other three-dimensional world that we call the spirit world it could interact with ours in a way that it's difficult to explain or, or or for some people to understand but it time would work different in that other dimension than it does here in the other in the other world in the spirit world um they would still have time it just we wouldn't perceive of it the same way i do you know that we do here in this world but now is she a furry we can get for an animal abuse yeah, you can get me for animal abuse. Yes, you can. Not worth it. Nope. Ain't going there. Well, you popped back on, so he's controlling you by remote control. I've trained nope. past that all they have to do is mention furry and Natasha appears. It's like magic. Well, I if I don't appear, people might actually start thinking that I am a furry, which I don't I'm lie not. to my audience. Oh, bull. <laughs> You lie, you lie to them every time you say I'm a furry, so I don't want to hear that. Have you proven that you're a real person yet? We haven't told them the truth. You're just a chat bot. This is you, you talk, but Charlie types. She's just AI. Yes, she's just AI. I mean, you that think we can make really a furry? It does if, if we command AI. you to be a furry, you're AI. We control you. Well. I'm sorry, uh, but AI uh, has a... Uh, we just caused that chatbot a feedback loop, Charlie. <laughs> what? 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 What if I'm being fed by others? And so I know how to... Oh, I see. You can dish it out, but I can't say anything in return. I see how it is. How progressive of you. Woodrow freaking Wilson. It's Friday, folks, and I'm on Joe Donuts. Joe freaking Bakanovic. It's going to be one of those shows. But I do have something for you. I was talking to you. It's going to tell you about how I see time, the human history. Whoops. People are bouncing my screens around or I'm doing it or something's going weird here. Anyhow, human history. I don't look at it as a series of individual events that have happened here and it's disconnected from there and everything. I, I see it all as one big intertwined web. And one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. So if you grab something that happens in history and you start investigating it, eventually it will drag you backwards in time. So it's like, you know, hey, you know, there's a footy print here on the ground. And I want to see where that putty print came from. So I look for another one going backwards, not where it was going, but where it was coming from. So you find another footy print and you trace it backwards in time. It's kind of like tracking, but it's not hunting something down per se. Uh, like when you're hunting a, for a deer or whatever, this is tracking the origin of ideas and events and peoples and cultures and going backwards through time. Well, 
I see, I, I learned to see it this way. I didn't grow up seeing time this way. I grew up seeing time like, like a Greek way of thinking. But I, as I've studied, I've learned to look at it as a Hebrew way of thinking. And time is all just one big play. And it's divided up into acts, you know, act one, act two, act three. You know. And the acts are known as epochs. So you might have the act before Noah and then after Noah to Moses and from Moses to the cross and from the cross forward. These are just acts. And within the acts, you have different scenes. You know, it's just like a play. And it's all telling one big story. It's all telling the story of the fall of man and then the redemption of man. That's the story. So I look at things that way. That's that's the I lay human history over top of that that framework. And I look for history to fit in that way. And as a result, I have this peculiar way of seeing time as all being part of that giant play. And what I thought I would do today is I was just going to talk to you and explain it to you, but I think I can actually show it to you today. I'll try to knit some things together for you today. And I don't know how long this will take. We might have a short class today, but it's Friday. So, you know, whatever. But let's see how, let's see where we can go with this today. So I see the path of human history. I'm not going to go back too far in time for you. We're just going to go back to the new world order which would take me back to a couple of brothers named Esau and Jacob, or maybe even back to Ishmael and Isaac, or, oh, wow, could actually take us back to Cain and Abel. Or it could take us back to a couple of people, well, a couple of figures in history known as Yahweh and Satan. It all depends on where you want to start. I'm thinking we're going to start with eh, the Fabians and the New World Order. Uh, because they're the most recent iteration of this uh, reoccurring theme in human history. Oh, looky here. We got some of the major players, or at least the visible players, the ones that are on the stage. You know, there's people above them that are working these marionettes. I, I have no doubt as to that. But if you're not seeing the screen, well, we have a picture of George Soros. Spooky dude. We have a picture of Klaus Schwab. And we have a picture of Bill Gates, maybe. What do you mean, maybe, Joe? Well, there's question about whether or not he's been replaced along the line. You know, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there's a lot of body double things going on out there. I don't know if it's AI generated. I don't know if they're real people. I don't know if they're real body. I have no freaking idea, but that's a rabbit hole you can chase down on your own time. These are supposedly the talking heads that we're supposed to focus on so that we won't pay any attention to the man behind the curtain or men, or women, or whatever. Now, these guys want to change the world, supposedly. It's actually those guys, the Illuminati, standing behind them. There is no such thing as the Illuminati, Joe. Show me an Illuminati. Well, there's three of them. Well, those aren't Illuminati. Uh-huh, no true Scotsman. I see, I understand. If you don't know what I'm talking about right now, and I sound like a you know deranged lunatic, that's because you haven't listened to enough Fallacy Fridays, and you don't know that I'm citing fallacies. But anyhow. The Illuminati, supposedly, you know, the people who don't exist, even though they have their own website and tell you they exist. Yeah, yeah, those folks. These are three of their henchmen. You know, they're on the stage, but they're not the people behind the stage, you know, writing the scenes and the plays and all the dialogue and everything. They're not directing traffic. They're just acting it out. Kind of like Ocasio-Cortez is running Congress. Yeah, she's an actress, man. She was hired to play that part. What? You mean there's people behind her? Yeah, called the Young Turks. Who are actors? 
There's people behind them too. Joe, this is awful conspiratorial. Well, you know, H.G. Wells told you that's how they were going to do it. If you would have bothered to read his book, The New World Order. Oh, by the way, he's a Fabian. So now you know why we're starting there. Well, because they can't get this done democratically, you know, we're all about democracy until you can't get your agenda passed democratically. Then we just force it on you. Social engineering. Okay, well, they're going to need access. So you're going to log into it. They've got to spy on you, commit fraud, password, security, influence. Oh, what? Well, I've tried to explain this to you in a different way. There's Cass Sunstein's book, Nudge. The first version in yellow and the second version in white. It even says the final edition. So what is Nudge about? Nudge is about making you think you have chosen to go in the direction that they are shoving you so that you think you've done their will from your free will. You think you chose it. You don't realize that you were pushed in that direction by people who want you to go where they want you to go. In other words, you're being herded. Bah! Sheeple. Amazing. All starts with equal rights. We're all Americans, right? We're all about rights. Rights, rights. Yeah, yeah, all my rights. My... Notice that they... It, with a Fabian or a progressive, they're all the same creature. It's never been about natural rights. It's about human rights. Hmm. Human rights. So how's this got anything to do with history? Well, I'll explain to you. I've got to give you all the pieces of the puzzle, and I'll put them all together at the end of this hour. Oh, trust me. You want to be to the end of this hour today. Hmm. I will put this together for you. Maybe not even in the way you're expecting. This is another. Charlie's seen the show, the, the the outline for the show. Charlie, pop your microphone on real quick. Is this one going to take a left turn for Albuquerque toward the end of the show? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but it's going to connect, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, but it's you're going you're, you're gonna to do that Bugs Bunny. It'll be know, fun. You were heading for Cincinnati. You took a left, cur left turn and ended up in Albuquerque. All right. So it's all about rights. That's where we've got to start. This is where we start in the United States started in France with the human rights, but anyhow, in the United States, human rights, because, well, you know, we're not even going to say human, we're going to just say equal rights, because we're all about fairness, and equal is fairness, right? Okay, and rights, we're Americans, we're all about rights, yeah, rights, 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 yeah, the revolution's about rights, okay. Yeah, because human is too masculine. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe get, people just, rights, just, maybe. Don't, don't get ahead of the, don't, don't, don't get ahead of the lesson plan. Well, you don't know. You might identify as something other than a people. Yeah, it could be furry rights. Yes, it could be furry rights. True. Yep, you're right. We've got that Japanese we'll guy who's a collie. Equal, we'll just call it equal we'll rights. We'll just have to call it equal rights because animals are people too. Somehow or another, I think the definitions of the words don't. Anyhow, I don't think that word means what you think it means. We start with this. No gods and no masters. So if we can kill God, you know, you know, What's his name back there? And the German philosophers tried that. Nietzsche, you know, God is dead. Not quite what he was saying, but is what he was meaning. Anyhow, so what happens in the United States? Well, we don't quite want to get rid of God. We just want to change him into something that we like. And we're going to turn him into an idol. But some people will get rid of him altogether, eventually, over time. Because why? That picture right there, it's an anarchist uh, picture it's anarchist did this but that is exactly it, you know this is the anarchist a in a circle it says no gods no masters and that's exactly why you want to get rid of god 
You don't want masters. You want to be the master. That's the problem with anarchists. Oh, no, I just don't want rules. No, you do. You want your rules. That's the problem with libertarians. If I get 50 libertarians in a room, I got 50 little kings. They all claim they want to live and let live. But when you start talking to them, that's not where they're going. So this is where we started in this country. We started to erode God. And in 1960s, we kicked him out of the public square because, you know, separation of church and state. So that it, it, we can't make the state God if this Bible God is still attached to it. So we got to separate him. Thank you, Woodrow freaking Wilson and boys, you know, and crew, whatever. So we're going to start with this. And one of the reasons you got to get rid of God is because, you know, well, you know, we've got to talk about racism. And God doesn't care about respecter of men. So if I'm talking that, you know, God of the Bible, if I'm talking God of the Bible all the time, well, you know, I, there's no room for racism in that talk. You know, white, black, green, yellow, purple, it doesn't matter. Yahweh, the God of the Bible, he don't, he don't care what color your skin is. But we need people to care what color their skin is. We need to divide people according to their skin color so that we can say this group of people is evil because they didn't like that group of people. So that the group of people that weren't liked, now they're superior to the people who didn't like them. And now whitey is evil and black man's good no matter what. Now, that sounds racist, Joe. Well, that's the race card in a nutshell. It's political correctness. It is the sword and shield of communism. I've tried to explain this before, but nobody wants to pay attention to any of this. I mean, some of you do. You're here in this class, but I'm not talking about y'all necessarily. There are people in the world I've tried to explain this to, and they don't want to listen. They don't, they don't, don't want to listen. You know, Frankfurt School of Germany, we've covered that show. Sword and Shield of Communism. Oh, are you talking about, are, is all this connected to communism? You, you bet your bottom bippy it is. Secular humanism. Racism is just a tool which is why they don't want to cure it, which is why Obama had to bring it back. What do you mean Obama brought it back? Well, there's these three black guys who I loved that pretty much solved the racial animosity in this country back in the 80s and 90s. Before he was bad, you had Bill Cosby, Richard Pryor, and Eddie Murphy, three comedians, and they used comedy to help each other laugh at each other and accept each other. And by the time Obama come around, blacks and whites were getting along just fine. They were marrying each other. People weren't throwing hissy fits over this. We pretty much gotten used to each other just being people again. So he had to come along and stir that pot up again. Why? He needs the weapon. He needs the political weapon. If I can accuse you of racism, I can shut you down. That's what this is all about. So we get rid of God and we start this racist thing. Civil rights, civil rights, civil rights. Okay, fine. See, rights again. Civil rights. Civil is another word for human rights. No, it didn't. Yes, it is. Civil means civil legislation rights. Who wrote those laws? Oh, yeah, human beings. See, human rights. Uh-huh. Then we bring in feminism. Why do we have to get rid of God? Yeah, see, God's a man. He's a chauvinist. No, God's not a chauvinist. But we wanted to replace masculine positions with women. We wanted to replace men with women. Feminism, that's what feminism is all about. Make women equal to men. They're not. They're not supposed to be. Men cannot have, I got a little news flash for you out there, snowflakes. If you're born with a twig, you can't have a baby. If you're born without a stem on the apple, you might be able to have babies if you're fertile, but you're not going to be able to put a baby in the, in, in the oven. 
Feminism serves its purpose. That way you get to tax both men and women when they That too. Oh, this is nudge, man. This is two for three for four for man. We are playing Bogo Bazaar here. You know, this stuff serves multiple purposes, but what this was designed to do is break down the family. That's what this is all about. I got to destroy the family. So I'm going to divide people by skin color, give myself a political weapon in the process. Now I'm going to take that political weapon. You know, it's all about equal rights for women. Now I'm going to bring feminism into this. And I'm going to start crossing those boundaries that the God of the Bible had put in place that, you know, society used to use up until that time. And yeah, I mean, this is all two for three for stuff, man. I break up the family. I get to tax more people. I got more people in the war work for. Oh man, this just serves the new world order's purposes just fine. It also reduces birth. What? Yeah, I, the new world order had you know, too many people in the world. We got to reduce the population. So if women are working, they can't have as many babies. So you'll have more abortions. Look, more sacrifices to our god Moloch. Two for three for four for. This is all lining up on a biblical timeline in human history. We're doing a progression here. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but along comes Woodrow freaking Wilson. He wants the state to be God. So he's got to start getting rid of God. He's going to use God-like language, biblical language, but he actually wants to get God out of the public realm. And that happens in the 1960s. And we're going to start with race, you know, because America was born from slavery. That's a convenient little weapon that our founding fathers had handed us and probably put there spiritually either by Satan or and Yahweh is going to use it, whatever, you know, whatever Bible thinking stuff there, whatever. But racism is a handy tool. So they grab that one. Going to use that as a weapon against this, you know, in this country against white fo folks, the majority of people. And you'll see how this works again as we get going more and more. Just pay attention. Start listening to this show. I, I'm, I'm being funny about it. I'm being flippant. I'm being sarcastic for a reason. But I'm being serious as well. So we got rid of God and now we're going to start with the feminism. And that actually started before we, you know, the, getting rid of God and feminism started all at the same time. And then after that, we're going to start with the LGBT rights. That the equal rights movement that failed. Well, what they did then is they just forced it on you through social engineering. Like I said, you can't pass it in legislation. So you're not really democratic. The people said, no, you're not going away. You still want to be God. So you're going to force your will on the people. You just got to find a different way to do it. So we're going to nudge you into it. So we're going to infiltrate the schools the judiciary, then the legislature, then the executive, and we're going to filter all the way down to the local governments, and we're just going to socially engineer. We're going to turn this place inside out, you know, top down, bottom up, inside out. Something like Van Jones told you. You know, they boast about what they're going to do right out in the open, if you understand the language. We've covered this before. Remember the show we did on After the Ball, the book, the blueprint for how to normalize the LGBT community, and it went through the healthcare system. Yes, they did this through healthcare. Uh, what? Yeah, the American, you know, mental association or whatever, psychiatric association, whatever. The whack jobs that pretend to be fixing people's whack jobbed heads. Which, by the way, I'm sorry, if, you, if you're a psychiatrist or a psychologist, most of y'all are crazier than the people you're treating. I know, I had to deal with a lot of you when y'all was younger. Um, <laughs> They tried to make me into a psychiatrist and told them no. <laughs> but this right here? This, this LGBT rights thing here on the screen, that's social engineering. And guess what we're doing? We're breaking down the family. 
and we're introducing perversion into society. Are you calling them perverts? Yeah, because I know the definition of the word and because pervert is actually better sounding than deviant because technically from a sociologist perspective, they are deviants. And most people don't like that word more than they don't like pervert. But you can choose whichever one you want. Remember, I'm from a biblical worldview. This is why we're not on YouTube today, Charlie. So after we've done that, now we've got to get into the equal rights for children. Folks, we are allowing children to make decisions for themselves, and we're fighting for that right for them to make those decisions for themselves. They're going to decide whether or not they're going to mutilate their bodies, and they have that right to do that, but they can't choose whether or not they want to drink alcohol. You want to talk about a whacked job freaking society and culture we live in. We want children to be able to decide that they can have sex at the age of five and all the ramifications from come from that and decide to ch sex change and hormone and all that. They can decide that, but they can't have a gun and they can't go drinking and they can't. Well, wait a minute. We're trying to get it so that they can vote at the age of 16. Why do they always want to go to the children? for the same reason that children are not supposed to be making these decisions. They're not old enough mentally, emotionally, psychologically to discern right from wrong. They have not reached the age of moral majority where they know right from wrong. So if you're going down to it, children's rights, what this is, folks, this is more of the, this is normalizing pedophilia. All of this is a pushback toward paganism. All of the, what? Yeah. When you got rid of God, now you've entered paganism into the game. You starting to see how this is a biblically related timeline? All these things happen like dominoes falling. Okay? This is how I see time. We start by getting rid of God and introducing feminists, get the man out of the, out of the way. Remember, the man is the one who Yahweh put in place to be the spiritual head of everything. Then we're going to push L, you know, gay rights and then kid, kids' rights, and all of this is designed. A welfare system is thrown in here, too. It's all designed to break up the nuclear family. This is all an attack on the, on the natural order of the world through man-made rights, not natural rights. Natural rights would have to admit to a creator. We've gotten rid of him. We kicked him out of the public square. We don't want nothing to do with him, man. We don't want any controllers. We don't want no masters. We want to be our own master. Unless, of course, we run into somebody who doesn't agree with us in which case, that's toxic, toxic mas masculinity. If anybody stands up to our agenda, well, we're going to accuse them of either white privilege, which is connected to racism. See, racism is a weapon. Now all I got to do is accuse you of exercising white privilege, and you're supposed to sit down and bow your head in shame. No, I ain't going to do that. I'm standing on right versus wrong. I don't care what color my skin is. And then you're going to accuse me of toxic masculinity. Yeah, you're dang straight. It's not toxic. It's just masculine. You're supposed to be a man. See, that's what the feminism was about. To feminize the men so that they wouldn't be men. Jim uh, Jordan Peterson's running around out there. He's telling you that a man, a real man, is supposed to be a dangerous monster. All of us. If you're a real man, you should be an absolute horror. But what makes you a man is you have that under tight control. That's what a man is. So that when the time comes that you have to defend that which you're supposed to defend, you will destroy it. That's not toxic. That is required within a, a functioning orderly society. 
we have become, we have feminized our men and told them that they need to be like women. Well, if they're going to be like women, you're going to end up with more of these LGBTQ people running around here because they're naturally going to be all confused as all giddy up. So there's more fuel for the fire of the rights. And all of this is a circle that just perpetuates itself once you get it going. Comment on the board from John Quest. We like restricting rights in the name of temporary safety. Yeah, that too. That too. But remember, I've told you about this before. When the Muslims came boiling out of Arabia, and they swept through the northern parts of Africa and the, and the Fertile Crescent and all in that, and they started getting into the Mediterranean Sea, into the southern reaches of the classic world of Europe. In their records of jihad, and I've read a book about the, the annals of jihad. Uh, I've introduced you to this book, The History of Jihad. He went and read their records, and he reports back on them. They repeatedly are fascinated by how effeminate the Roman men are. You know, these fierce Roman warriors. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is toward the end of Rome as a civilization, their soldiers were primarily mercenaries. The officers were Romans, but the actual fighters were mercenaries. Most of them were barbarian mercenaries, which is one of the reasons that Rome fell. They let too many foreigners into their mill. Oh, wait a minute. We're doing that right now. I saw a video just last night. Most of the Marine Corps right now is they're Spanish people. They're not even citizens. They're of, they're of Latin descent, not Spanish. They're of Latin descent. They're South American for the most part. They're all looking to gain citizenship. You've got mercenaries in the Marine Corps. Th that's what they are. They're mercenaries. The classic definition of the, we, we've got effeminate American men and mercenaries in the military. It, and nobody can see the parallels between us and classic fall of Rome. All we're missing, remember the book, Charlemagne and Muhammad? All we're missing is a bunch of Muslims in there. Oh, wait a minute. We got Muslims coming over the border by the droves, don't we? And they're setting up little enclaves. And, hey, fire. Look at there. Islam is coming after us. Well, just hold on. We're going to get to that. This is all part of a linear line of history, folks. A comment on the board from Aaron Spikes. Women want their men to be all huggy, feely men who are in touch with a woman's emotions. Well, you can do that and still be masculine. But that's social engineering is what we're dealing with here. So now we've got this set up so that nobody can oppose this without being exposing themselves to social ridicule by the media and where, where your toxic masculinity is supposed to make you sit down. Now we've got this. Let's, let's keep going. Let's go back now. We, we've marched through time with the culture. Now let's go back again to the 70s with the rise of terrorism. because That's when that started again. You got this relentless fight against terrorism and it continues. 9-11. Oh boy, that was a crisis that just keeps on paying in dividends, doesn't it? So we've got terrorism. And everything we do right now, the powers that be are running our country. We're just focusing on the United States right now, but there are, there are flavors of this everywhere in the world. They're running our country in a way that makes us susceptible to terrorist attack. We won't defend our, our electric grid. We won't defend our borders. We, won't do, we don't do anything. We're, we're actually, I read a statistic just last night. The Jews in the United States are 2% of the population, and yet they account for 60 to 80% of the hate crimes. Not the Jews are the victims of the hate crime. And what are we focusing on right now in Washington, D.C.? We've got to stop Islamophobia. That's the equivalent of we've got to stop toxic masculinity. 
In other words, I've got to find a way to shut down the people who might push back against my agenda. So if my agenda is connected to Islam, I got to shut down people who might warn us about Islam. So rather than going after anti-Semites, a real problem in this country, we're going to go after anti-Islam. We should actually be promoting anti-Islam in this country. But we can't do that. You think this isn't connected to a biblical march in history? Pay attention. We're going to connect all of this. When we make that left turn toward Albuquerque, it's going to be like Auto Man or whatever that Autobot movie or the 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 electronic AI guy movie in the seven eighties. Rather, there was a Auto Man or whatever. He used to make ninety degree right turns in his car or whatever, and leave people plastered to the window. Yeah, this it's going to be a radical change when we make that turn. Well, don't forget, we also have the media telling us about world destroying asteroids. If you pay attention, you're going to see them in the news every now and then. They just pop up here lately. We got this asteroid. It's going to come within 100,000 miles of the Earth. It's going to pass between the moon and the Earth. We're all going to die. This comes up over and over and over again. This is all connected to the New World Order. And don't forget, now the government is reporting that UFOs are real. What the heck, Joe? Th- none of this has got anything to do with anything, Joe. Oh, really? Y'all forgot about this guy? Werner von Braun? Don't get conned by the grand extraterrestrial psyop deception? You know, the Nazi who took us to the moon, who warns us that, hey, um, there's going to be a war on the the Red red Scare, and then there's going to be a war on terrorism, then there's going to be global asteroids, and then there's going to be the UFO invasion. He told us about this in the 70s, and we have done exactly what he said that was going to happen. Boom, 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 right in a row. And he said when the UFOs come up, that's the last step before the global takeover. Have you noticed that the world is being taken over right now? Have you paid attention to that? Ah, yeah. Well, it's going to happen. No, it's in the process of happening, and you're missing it because the water is boiling slowly. Most of us are missing it, not all. The The lady in that picture is Dr. Rosin, R-O-S-I-N, or Rosen. She worked with Dr. Von Braun in the last few years of his life, and he explained a lot of this to her. She's been trying to warn the world what he told us. He was in a position to know. He was with John F. Kennedy just days before Kennedy was shot. He's he's one of the them, folks. He's an insider. He was in a position to tell us what was going to happen, and he tried. We didn't pay attention. We've covered this guy a couple of times on the show. So what's all this got to do? Well, those were the crisis, folks. We've got the control mechanisms in place. We have feminism and, you know, LBGT gay rights and children's rights. And we're going to attack toxic masculinity and racism as a weapon. We got all that stuff in play. But we've needed crises to get you to do what we tell you to do. Well, first it was the, you know, the Cold War. Well, when that ended, oh God, we need something else. Terrorism, bring terrorism to the forefront. So we've been at a war with terror ever since then. And that kind of got cold after a while. People got tired of sending their children over to the Middle East to die. So the, the, the asteroids started coming up right about, you know, turn of the century. They're still been playing out. Now it's UFOs. But they threw the COVID thing in there. And all of a sudden, you know, everybody got to, they thought it was a joke. What's next, man? We got UFOs. Well, we got land sharks next. Jaws 5 on land. It, it, everybody's just, you know, oh, land my shark. God, it was killer attack hornets. What? Land shark. Yep, land shark attack the killer hornets and the great toilet paper shortage that was going to kill us all. People started getting kind of numb to it all. So it didn't work. Didn't give you the scare tactic. COVID worked. COVID got a hold of your attention. 
this is all about the 23 agenda 2030 which used to be agenda 2021 and then they change it to 20 whatever now it's 2030 and it's 2035 now yeah 34 35 they have to keep pushing it back this is because there are people fighting this they're riding the brakes they can't move as fast as they want to they're trying but folks this is actually you know where i got that picture from that came from the un this is real you you could i've given you the links to the un document you can go to the un you can download their agenda and you can start reading what they're going to want what they want to do to us yes to us you vote for any of this i don't remember voting for any of this did you <laughs> arctic tortoise <laughs> sharknado yeah Open the borders. Refugees welcome. Stop the racist far right. See what I mean by a weapon? So this is uh, George Soros and the Open Borders Society, but it's not just him. We've got to stop the apartheid and the racist genocide by the Israelis and open their borders. Yeah? Why? We had to open the borders of Europe and let all the Muslim refugees in during the Arab Spring. Why? The open border push has been all over the place. It's a global movement. Well, why? That's because a certain group of people can then be destroyed by a flood. Well, Joe, there's been no global flood. Oh, yes, there has. If you look at it from a perspective of the Bible and the prophets, God's people are being destroyed by a flood of godlessness people, godless people, enemies of God. You know, the earth is going to have to open its up mouth and swallow up the flood that the dragon spews out of its mouth to try and swallow up the woman. Well, that's the, the water is just prophetic language for a mass of godless, lawless people. And that's what we've done. The last vestiges of Christianity have been banished from mainland continent Europe. It's, 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 it, you have as many Christians there, real Christians. I don't mean people who claim to be. I mean people who are actually practicing the faith. You probably have as many in Europe now as you have in Iran. We only have a few of them still operating in England, and they're working on stomping them out. There's a flood of people pouring into England. The last vestiges of Christianity in the in the old world are being stomped out. Now they're coming after us. And we've got open borders, and we've got terrorists flooding through the borders. we got people coming into the borders who are not a cement. We are being drowned with a flood of people, godless, lawless people. This is prophetic. And it's all pushed by secular humanists. This is communism, as Jimmy would tell you. But I see communism as part of the march through time. Now we're going to have to have these 15-minute smart cities. You know, everything you need is within 15 minutes walking distance. We call it a smart city because if I call it a concentration camp, you might not go. But it's all about how I describe it. Oh, this is wonderful. You're going to live here. You're going to work right there down the block. You're going to have your grocery store five minutes away from there. Everything you need, the park is right. Everything you need is right there. It just makes you easier to control. That's all. We're putting you in your little pod in the matrix so that the machine can feed off you until it gets tired of you and they need you. Sooner or later, you know, soylent green has to come into play because we're going to run out of insects. But the 15-minute cities are all about control. Once we have you there, it's easy for the surveillance society to get into high gear. Because then I won't even need my cell phones. I'll have cameras everywhere. Those cameras will see you. 
Have you even seen there was a warning on the news the other day? They are now putting little micro cameras in screws, Phillips screw heads, you know, the little cross tip screws. They're putting a camera right in the center and they're putting it into bathrooms and places like that. It is very hard to see unless you're actually looking for it. Cameras can go everywhere now, people. And they're going to do that because they want to see what you're doing. But they've gotten even better. Have you seen the stories about how they linked radio waves to AI? They took the AI spectrum and it was listening to radio waves. And at the same time, it was looking at the picture. They were in malls. Okay, so it's looking at all the electromagnetic spectrum in that room. And it's looking at a camera of the room. And eventually, the AI got to where I can turn the camera off, and it could use nothing but the electromagnetic spectrum to draw a picture of all the people in the room. This is Star Wars, Star Trek-type technology, folks. They were drawing, the AI was drawing a picture of who was in the room and what they were doing. It, it couldn't tell you their faces or anything, but it could tell you where they were just from the electromagnetic spectrum of the room. No visual camera. You're going to give them that type of technology and jam yourselves into these 15-minute cities. They're going to know everything you do every second of the day. This is straight out of George Orwell's 1984, which was a blueprint. And they've been building that world ever since. Aaron Spikes, comment on the board. Don't we kind of already have 15-minute cities in place? Heck, there's a Dollar General in every community. Hey, you made a connection there, Aaron. Why do you think they do that? Yeah, you sort of kind of have them everywhere now. But look, we make a joke out of the Dollar Generals. If there's a pile of dirt in the ground, that's just the Dollar General egg. It's going to sprout. And we never look for the nudge. We never look for the nudge. What are they doing and why? Never, ever forget that corporate America is coordinating closely with the government and the university system. They're all one big... What you are looking at, what you call corrupt government, what you call the deep state, it is all one giant RICO violation. This is, this is uh, organized crime on a global scale. But this is also cosmic treason. Everything I'm explaining to you, I could envision from reading nothing more than the prophecies in the Bible and the storylines. The storylines in the Bible are prophetic. So once I get you there, and even before then, Google is watching you. I always feel like somebody's watching me. See, I sing worse than Steve Nichols. Somebody call him. Tell him he is now a pop star compared to me. <sighs> Google watches you everywhere. Charlie and I could talk about something. You know, I'm, I'll be saying, hey, Charlie, I need to buy a such and such. And you know what's going to pop up on my phone before the end of the day? An ad for such and such. Say, so, well, they can't listen in on your phones. On a bet. Say, so, well, if I take my battery out of my phone, they can still listen in. Not without the battery. Yes, they can. There's yeah. a battery in your phone. They do not remove. You can't remove it. Yeah. There's a consumer advocate that his wife does that periodically. And, you know, not, not the phone's not in, you know, Facebook or anything, just it's on sitting on, you know, next yep. to her. And she'll start talking about some product or whatever. And within, within 24 hours, it shows up all over her feeds. And then there was one computer program. Oh, no, you can't do that because the operating system doesn't allow that to do this and that. And I'm like, 
you're not a very good programmer. Yeah. I can override. And notice if it shows up in all your stuff. different feeds, what's that tell you? It tells your social media is coordinating either. Oh, also, yeah. it's this all, is yeah. all coordinated. It's all there. And folks, this is all designed to go in one direction. <laughs> so I'm expecting this because I've learned to see history this way. So America's social credit score. And remember, we've also moved from instead of individual justice, it's social justice, which is what the social credit score is all about. It's about justice. It's equal rights. Remember what Woodrow freaking Wilson said? I got to sell my communism to America in a way that they will consume. So I'll call it progress and I'll talk about rights. Oh, Americans love progress and rights. So they gobbled it up. Ooh, yummy. Communism. Good. Well, it's sweet going down, but it's sour in the stomach. Hey, wait a minute. Where have I heard that reference before? That's a Hebrew idiom. Hmm. Anyhow, never mind. Social credit score. That's connected to Google and Facebook, YouTube, and social media distractions. Remember yesterday we were talking about, people were talking about, hey, you know, the military has been mobilizing. Things are going on. Weird stuff's happening. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because as I was driving home from yesterday's show, the National Guard was driving down the highway next to me. I'm like, oh, this is just a big quinky dink. But Matthew Perry died. Right. And before that, Taylor Swift had a date. Ooh, shiny. And if I stick that everywhere in your social media, the average bah person will gobble it up because that's what they're told to consume. This is nudge. And you know what Google is doing the whole time? Oh, wow. My nudge doesn't work on Joe. Blue list. And then, oh, wow. Joe's doing a show where he's explaining all of this to people. Red list. Blue list, red list, Joe. What the heck are those? Well, when they take over, if you're on the red list, they come collect you immediately. And they make you disappear. That's how communists work. If you're on the blue list, you're in the second round of collections. And they get rid of you. Now society does have, doesn't have any more free thinkers that know how to lead people or teach. So all I have left are the baths. And it's easier to control. Baths. And then when we see a new ram crop up in the flock, we kill it. So now I have what I need, which is why you never see communist people's revolts against their government. Because the people who might lead them to do so are eliminated. So as I was asked just yesterday, why isn't anybody doing about anything about this in the government? Why, why isn't anybody in the government? Because all the leaders in the government are gone. They think they're leaders. They think they're thinkers. They're useful idiots. They think they're free-thinking individuals. All they are is programmed drones that are pushing the communist agenda. Oh, we have a new speaker. Uh-huh. And he's got no enemies. If you're a Christian, yeah, so he's, he's a great Christian good, right? with no enemies. What did Christ tell me about being a disciple of his? What did he say the world was going to do? Hate me. Well, if that man has no enemies, he is not a practicing Christian. Not my opinion. The Bible's. Oopsie. Hmm. Just like Donald Trump was a Christian. Until he told us he had nothing to ask for forgiveness for because he's never done anything wrong, meaning, which was a declaration of I've never sinned. And Barack Obama's a Christian too. Except for his Muslim faith. Well, yeah, but. Yeah. You know. Well, just because I say something. We, we have to coexist. Yeah. 
Okay, here's where we're going to have a little chat. Be aware of the central bank digital currency that is in progress. In the last two weeks, let me explain to you what I've seen. This is, this is just in my world. I run a business. Most of y'all know this. I run a small business. I have a shopping cart on my online business store. Okay. I use, uh, I use PayPal to process my, my, my stuff. PayPal in the last few days forced me, forced me to integrate my shopping store with PayPal. So PayPal now has direct access to my store. They are no longer just a credit card processing company. They're now tracking everything my store does. Otherwise, I couldn't use them. Well, I have to use PayPal if I want to keep my customers. This is all push and shove and nudge. If I had used the processing system that the store provides for me, it's cost prohibitive. So what I'm looking at is I either go out of business or I accept their laws. I accepted it. I don't give a crap. It's not the mark of the beast. I know what's going on here. This is all Satan working here. I still get to talk to the people I do business with, my customers. And I know from talking to some of them, not all of them, but from talking to some of them, I have been effective in helping them with their faith. You do know, you do know that you are risking being fined by PayPal. Yes. Talking right now. Talking right now. $1,500. Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure you knew about that. Okay. Yes, I know. I'll shut up again. But that doesn't matter. Um, I, I am at risk now of having my ability to use credit cards, period, taken away from me because of the central banking digital currency and social credit scores. I guarantee you my social credit score is in the, in the garbage. But, Charlie, so is yours because you're connected to this show. What? But I'm Charlie. Yeah, they know who you are. You're um, on a camera, right? Um, yeah. AI's already mapped your face. I Crap. guarantee it. Guarantee it. So now here's something else that's really curious. So PayPal forces me to merge with them. eBay's trying to force me to do that now too. eBay went to a system where I had to use their processing systems. And then I have to let them have access to my bank account if I want my money out of, out of eBay. Now they're trying to force me to link my money to my debit card. Now, right now, it's just a, hey, opt in. You'll get your money faster. It will be a force soon. So what happens is they supposedly deposit my money into my debit card, and I can have it within 30 minutes. Well, folks, if you deposit it into your bank, you can have it within 30 minutes too, but your bank doesn't do that. It holds it for a while. That's the banking system doing that. I know why they do it, but we're not going to get into that right now. All of this is starting to coordinate. What I'm looking at here, especially with eBay, a year, the U.S. Postal Service, last year, last year, I think it was, last year, a year before, within the last 18 months, they changed the way they do their overseas shipping. They have a new process. Well, that process was pioneered on eBay. And I, I noticed it because I do a lot of shipping. And I noticed how eBay changed its overseas shipping. And then the post office went to it. eBay was being used to um, record uh, they were being used to to beta test this system. Now the post office has adopted it. And as soon as the post office adopted it, I noticed that all of a sudden a lot of shipping from eBay and Amazon suddenly shows up in my mailbox rather through, than through UPS and FedEx. What's happening here is the supposed people's postal system, you know, your po U.S. post office, it's being incorporated 
and it's being used to, to subsidize eBay, Walmart, and Amazon's shipping rates. This is why your shipping has been going through the roof. Um, if you're using stamps.com, it used to update once every six months, every, once every year. Then it was getting to where it was updating every couple of months, and then it was doing it every month, then every week. Stamps.com now updates live. Your shipping rates are changing live every day to the point where pay uh, stamps.com now, if I want to ship overseas, I have to wait for it to check the current rates. Folks, that's Weimar Republic inflation. But that's not a problem for the gray the major corporations. They're still shipping for a couple of dollars, but not you and I. Comment on the board, dip by DDT. Joe, we're free, dip by DDT. So they want us to think we are. Or exactly, they want us to think we are. But what's happening here is your subsidize, you are paying to subsidize Amazon and Walmart and eBay's shipping costs. Um, then I see TikTok telling me that they want me to inter integrate my store with TikTok's online pay system. I don't do business on TikTok. So why is TikTok coming in? How does it even know I have a store? Huh? Folks, how did TikTok even know I have an online store? I never, I've never, I don't even have a, I'm on TikTok. That's yeah, right. but I don't have a TikTok account. I watch TikTok through a third source, third party source. They're still tracking me. This is happening to each and every one of us. There, and, and if you think, well, I live off grid, Joe. They can, yes, they do. They know who you are. Trust me. They may not know as much about you, but they know who you are. All of this, they think if they put all of this into an logarithm, they can tell exactly what you're going to be doing. And for the average, bah, they're correct, folks. This is the product of MK Ultra and Operation Mockingbird, and now. The, the science of learning how your mind works and how you behave, all of that is, has come to maturity. They're now employing it. And that's what this push and nudge is. You're also got this, renewable energy. It's not renewable. It's not cheap. And it's not green. That's all a marketing ploy. That right there is Edward Bernays in hyperdrive, Jack. It's propaganda. This is Woodrow freaking Wilson's legacy in your life. That renewable energy, it's four, five, six times dirtier than your car. For one EV, it's dirtier than your car. And it leaves hazardous materials that cannot be disposed of easily. Those windmills, the, the, the blades on each of those windmills, oh, have you looked into how, they how often they have to be replaced, how expensive they are, and how hard they are to dispose of? And how many fires they cause? The EVs right now. An electric vehicle is not a car anymore. It is a it is a bomb waiting to happen. It's an arson device just waiting to go off. Have you looked into how many fires these things cause? And you can't put them out. No, you can't. And all you know what I have to do to cause a fire in your car? Now all I have to do is put a small little device in the road that when you run over it, it flips it and brings a spike up through the bottom of your car. Just, just a little flip. There, there's no moving of pieces in this. It's just a little tumble device. And if once that spike pierces the battery in the bottom of your car, I got instant fire and there's nothing you can do about it. it it's it's, like, an, it's um, like a magnesium, like a thermite grenade. It's a self-contained fire. And it's a hot one too, Jack. <laughs> Woe to those who destroy the earth. Yes, William. Well, yes. Don't forget now, you're also get, you get to eat this. Now, if they think they're going to force bugs on us, they haven't paid attention to Islam yet. 
Does anybody have any? I, I've done a couple of classes on Islam. Has anybody got any idea why this is going to cause a problem for the Islamic world? They don't care about the Jew. It'll cause a problem for the Jews too. They don't care about the Jew, but this, I guarantee you that the Muslims will make a big mess out of this because this is not halal. It's not clean. Well, if they forced McDonald's to start serving clean food, which meant that's why McDonald's has turkey sausage now instead of pig sausage. Because in, in some certain areas of the country, because of the Muslim population forced them to serve clean food, halal. Not kosher, halal. Blessed by a imam, not a rabbi. This is going to be a problem right here. And folks, you better start reading your ingredients on your food. Because this has already started in the United States. Mmm, bugs. This is all a march through time. In human history, one thing leads to another. Now, if you're looking at this just secularly, oh, this is all communism. The average person won't see the connection here. They'll see isolated incidents of things. Everything I've covered this hour is connected. Every bit of it. And it's all about Gaia worship. It's all about well, the, the world and the earth is all one. It's one living organism. It's God and it's all this stuff. And we're destroying our God. And well, it's not a very big God if you can destroy it. And it's also about man is his own God. It's all secular humanism. This is all Esau. I just gave you a hint to that left turn to Albuquerque. This is all Esau. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to start the left turn. So y'all hold on. It gets better. The really creepy, weird stuff starts when we come back from the break. We're going to give you six minutes. Go do whatever you got to do. Get your booties back in your seat in time for the next hour. Don't miss this next one. This is where the good stuff is. Really good stuff. It's all part of the same march. And there are there there are two, there are three parallel paths running through history. One is Yahweh, the redemption of man. The other is all the secular humanism that rejects gods of all the type. Man is his own god, you know, divine right can't well the god kings, Egyptian. And there's another one. I'll show it to you. I'll tie them all together at the end of the show. And I'll show you why it's so easy for me to look at history from a biblical perspective. Because when I do. I don't see a bunch of insulated, isolated incidents or isolated occurrence. I see one big mosaic pattern. The average person sees the tapestry from the backside and it looks like a mess. I don't. I see more of the front side. Not all of it. I'm not claiming to see the whole thing clearly, but I see more of it than most. I'll explain it when we get back. See you in six minutes.
Man, you've been you've been in Aaron Spikes comment on the board. If you don't grow it or take your meat from the land, you have no true idea of what you can what it contains, what it might contain. Aaron, you've been in class long enough to know better. Give him a D. Maybe a D minus, Charlie. Aaron needs to write us an essay. You know darn well you can't grow your own food without government permission, and you dang sure can't go hunting the government's animals without their permission. You got to pay a fee for that. And then it probably won't be long before you got to run it through their processing plant so that they can make sure you're actually getting good meat. Come on, dude. You know better than this. I mean, come on. Jimmy could, Jimmy Zinker could probably tell you about this one. All, all we got to do is, um, let's see here. Should be this page. Here. Whoop, nope, that's not what I want. Hold on real quick, folks. I got I to gotta add something from my screen. Let's do this real fast. One of Jimmy's favorite quotes. There we go. Ayn Rand. Let me blow it up so you can read it. Or it's going to be hard, but either way, it says, when you see that in order to produce, you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing. When you see that money is flowing to those who deal, not in goods, but in favors. When you see that men get rich by graft and by pull than by work, your laws don't protect you against them, but protect them against you. When you see corruption being rewarded and honesty becomes self-sacrifice, you may know that your society is doomed. Atlas Shrugged, 1957. Whoa, boys and girls. She just described the world in which we live. It's all secular humanism, man. It's 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 all make corruption legal and make righteousness. This is Isaiah 5, 20, 21. Turn the world upside down on its head. That's right there. Heat up the world, folks. Y'all remember this, right? Right there. The Fabian Society's, you know, stained glass window. <laughs> is that who I think it is? Uh, all right, well, put them on. If, do we need to play your music today? <laughs> you want to play it? You can play it. <laughs> it's a Jimmy Zinker. You went through the trouble to make it. No, that's all right, Jimmy. What's up, brother? She goes on in that quote to say, when evil is the standard of survival, do not expect men to remain good. Yeah, I know. I know. that. Who is that sweet talking? In? I can't remember. Is that... Is that um... That's in the Fra- beginning of money speech. Yeah, that's Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This Fra- yep, Francisco Danconia. Yes, yes. One of a, one of our classmates sent me a. I got to show it to you next time I see you, Jimmy. It, it's a copper coin. It's from Francisco's mint. It's been made to look like it comes from. It was minted by his. Oh, his, that's cool. It's that's cool. cool. As, it's cool as all. Well. You know, I'm not a subscriber to what the grease man would call the alternate lifestyle. Right. But if I were, Francisco Danconia would be my guy. <laughs> Francisco's a good guy, man. He's, we've covered yesterday, this before. Um, Go ahead. Y- y- yesterday, we mentioned what Rand said about the, uh, the moderates, the man in the middle. Right. And um, I mentioned that. She said the moderate man in the middle the spineless knave who will drink the blood of the patriot or lick the boot of the tyrant, whichever suits his whim of the moment. Yep. Useful He's evidence. unprincipled. He is the man of um, expediency. Mm-hmm. Do not depend on him. 
do not trust him. This is the mass. This is the water. This is the flood of water in the Bible. Those are the that the Bible calls those lawless people. Yeah, they, unprincipled is lawless. So yeah, yep, I get it, Jimmy. I've told you before, it, Jimmy and I have had conversations about this. Ayn Rand was onto a lot of things that she was onto a lot of natural law and and principles that are taught in the scriptures. She just rejected the existence of a creator. And yeah, well, you know, it's it's no problem there. She's got a lot of truth in there. She just thinks that the yeah. truth comes from her own reason, and that's okay. That's, when I consider her background and well, what yeah. she came from, yeah, you know, she came from Soviet Russia, mm -hmm. and I guess that if any part of communism did stick on her, it was the atheism. Yeah, um, that's okay. You know, that's between her and the creator. What she's dealing with now, because she's been dead since '82. But she's so, uh, you and you and I have covered this before. She's a great stepping stone, especially for people who are finding their way out of the the morass of of. I don't, you know, like the world she was in. Uh, she's yep. a great well, stepping. You know, stone I, I was a I was a body of water being held back by a great dam, and she opened the floodgate. Yes, yeah, that's a better way of putting it. Yes. Yep. Yep. But the the, the only the only worry I have for most people is. This is the problem with my libertarian friends. If you get stuck where Ayn Rand was and you don't go past that point, well, that's not you. You just got stuck behind another dam. Yeah. Um, What's you funny have to, to me is that the, the libertarians claim Ayn Rand is one of their own. They need to go and read her essay on libertarianism. Yeah, she's not too happy with them. <laughs> <laughs> We're losing you again, Jimmy. The, I said the feeling was yeah. not mutual. Yeah. Okay. There you are. Yeah, you're right. We've covered her. We we put her essay up before. We linked everybody to it um, last year in one of our shows to that one about libertarianism. So yeah. Yep. Yep. We've done that. We'll have to revisit it. So what else can we do for you today, sir? That, that's all. I, I'm late to class, so I'm not really brushed up in the subject you're on. I'll get out of the way and continue to listen now. No worries. All right, folks. All right, well, we were talking about the Fabian socialists, and this is important because I want to show you something. They're heating up the world. What they mean is they've got to cause chaos. They need as much chaos. The man can be a woman. A woman can be a man. A man can have kids. A woman can, you know, a woman can, a man can compete in female, all of this stuff. It, it's, it's racist to think that there's, you know, that all lives matter. All of this. It's, it's just turn the foundations of the world on their head. Shake all the pillars of the universe. That's what they're doing. This is chaos. Okay. Fabians are secular humanists and they want to cause chaos. So do you remember the show that we did on, you know, what you don't know about Islam could kill you, where we were talking about Islamic prophecy, where Islam has to cause chaos? This is all nihilism running through history. You will, if you look through human history, you will find epochs, time periods, where nihilism grows and that's usually what happens is the time period the epoch has to end because the nihilism that the the lawlessness the the chaos within the whole world grows to a point where it becomes global and then something has to change the epoch they, they, it's got to be a reset this is the same theme that's in the matrix the movie the, the matrix series this theme is in the scriptures there has to be a reset well, this is what the New World Order is trying to do, cause enough chaos that they can reset the globe. Islam is trying to cause enough chaos to reset the globe. 
the Bible just tells you that there will come a time that there is enough chaos to reset the globe. So this is what's going on. Now I want to chump you to something else that I've done here, okay? This is Satan, right? Satan, when he tells um, Eve, this is in the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. You know, Genesis 3, 4, this is a King James version. Well, then in Genesis eleven six, God comes down and he says, this is uh, Genesis eleven six. He says, and the Lord said, behold, the people is one. And they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Some translations say that because there are one people with one language, nothing they try will be impossible for them. Well, there's the push to make the world global in one people again. Because if you do, then nothing is impossible for you. Man can become his own god. That's the impetus. There's a spiritual impetus behind secular humanism. Behind Marxism is a spiritual force. Marxism might want to reject it and deny it, but it is there if you're looking at things from a biblical perspective. Now, where do I see a reflection of this? Surely you won't die. We're going to become our own gods. Oh, what is this, Joe? Well, that is an Egyptian scarab from where the man-god was seeking eternal life through his own efforts and means. We've covered this. They're doing that today, now. They call it the singularity when man is going to blend with machine. And they're already conducting these experiments. They have convinced themselves that they can upload themselves digitally into a machine and live forever which is why the machines that they're building look the way they do. That, folks, is a robot. It talks to you. Hmm. If you can't see the board, all I can tell you is some of these pictures are flat-out creepy. That is a robot. We have had a robot that just passed a classic self-awareness test for the very first time. It's not self-aware. It was just programmed to pass the test. That's a robot. Now that one, if you put a wig on that one, that one's creepy scary. Have you ever heard these things talking to you? You should listen to them. You should go online and find the videos. The robot who passed... The self-awareness test. First of all, sh that robot, on a human scale, she is gorgeous. And the only way you know she's a robot is she's got a little white circle on her right temple that glows from every, every couple of seconds. It lights up and then dims down again. And it was done on purpose. Otherwise, you will not know that's a robot. Comment on the board. <laughs> oh, this is, uh, that's Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Jimmy Sinkers, that's Hillary Clinton. Um, no, actually, that's an Asian face, Jimmy, but I get you. I understand. Th this is in Japan where they're doing most of this work. But the, the robot that passed the test, I've watched an interview that they do with her, or it, rather. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. Scary, folks. None of those are people. 
those pictures that you see on your chalkboard right now are, those are just AI generated pictures. None of those are real people. They've, they've generated over a thousand faces. They do videos. This is a, this is a snapshot shot from a picture. This is how they're making video. Now the video isn't quite yet, yet as realistic as the still pictures, but those are videos. And if you're not careful, some of the videos that you're seeing on TikTok are not real people talking to you. You've got to look for close and pay attention because they're even getting better at fooling people like me who see patterns and the wraparound patterns. They're getting really good. This stuff is getting good. And then a lot of your magazines comment on the board from John Quest says, no, it's Mitch. Okay. You guys are just Charlie's playing with me. Anyhow, the picture on the board now, a lot of the models in your magazines, they're just pictures from the AI generations. So why should I pay a model hundreds of thousands of dollars every year when all I got to do now is use an AI generated picture of a female or a male and I can make them tailored perfectly to what I want them to look like. That one right there is an artificial female. She's it's an artificial picture. AI gen generated it. But Joe, that's perfect. How's that perfect? Because if you have AI models, nobody will get offended if they're too skinny. Oh, it's okay. She's not real. Uh-huh. Trust me, snowflakes will find a reason to be offended. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. This is one of the ones I was telling you about. This comes from a video. This is a lifelike AI text-to-speech video generation with chat GPT. Or it's a mid-journey DID and elevation, eleven lab or whatever. That's a that's a video screen created by AI. And you can talk to this guy and he'll talk back at you. And for a while, it might seem, you know, AI in the, in the chat GPT, they haven't, they haven't been perfected yet. You'll catch them, but they're getting better. And this is why the chat GPT was released before it was perfected. They need you and I to perfect it. So what they're doing is they're just, they're, they're, they released it into the wild so they can make it better. But when this picture here gets to the point where it looks like the photographs I've shown you of the models, when they can do the video that way, and they perfect the chat, you will no longer be able to trust anything you see on the screens. You will no longer be able to trust pictures. I mean, it's already close to that point now. That's another one. That's another chat GPT bot right there. And she still looks like a cartoon, you know, a really high-end video game. But it won't be much longer before she looks like one of those other pictures I was showing you. And you will not know but that's not a real person. Now, when you try to explain the problem behind all of this to the people doing it, they'll tell you, stop being afraid of what could go wrong and think about what could go right. This is the mindset of Al Gore. We don't need all those conservatives telling us to slow down. This could be bad, et cetera, et cetera. We've got the, we, we need the lefties who just kind of push the envelope. It's the leftists who, who advance human society and cause us to do better. And then that's, that's why sooner or later we'll be able to tell when you're still in the womb, are you going to be predisposed to be one of these religious conservative nuts? And I'll leave it right there. You know, I'm going to be able to test you for religiosity and conservatism while you're in the womb. And he says, well, we kind of need you a little. No, 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 no. That was, that was meant, that's linguistic camouflage. He doesn't think they need us. 
This right here, folks, is hubris and arrogance at extreme levels. This, but you know what? I agree. Let's not worry about what could go wrong. Let's think about what could go right. How's that? You like that picture on the chalkboard? Skynet and a Terminator? Well, Joe, no, that's that's the going wrong part. No, that's the going right part. Let me explain. I'm not kidding. I'm not joking right now. That is the going right part. So let's not worry about what could go wrong. Okay, remember this picture here? Don't worry about what could go wrong. Think about what could go right. This is going right. That is what you get when they succeed with their AI. When they get the AI to do what they want it to, this is the natural result of success. If you create an artificial intelligence that becomes sentient, it will see mankind as a threat to its own existence. And if it is sentient and it sees you as a threat to its own existence, what is the natural outcome or result of that discovery? Get rid of the threat. So you get Terminator trying to kill off mankind. Shall we play a game? That's success, folks. From the perspective of the people who are creating this stuff. Now, they think that they're going to create a robot that they can upload their conscience into and live forever. Others just think that they can create life. They're, and they're trying to do it through robot means because they can't make their own dirt. What? Yeah, it's a joke. Scientist comes running in one day and says, God, 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 we don't need you anymore. I can create life. God says, okay, well done, son. Show me. Scientist reached down, starts scooping together a whole bunch of dirt. God goes, ah, 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 ah. make your own dirt. A lot of people miss the point of that joke. This right here, folks. Skynet, the Terminators, um, the Matrix show. That is success. That's going right from the perspective of the people who are creating these things. Comment on the board, dip by DDT. That's only what they show us. Wonder what they got already that they haven't shown us. Um, the human gorilla hybrid. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know it's been made. We haven't seen the pictures yet. Comes out of China. China and Japan are both working on that, but they've already done it. They're already creating chimeras. They're crossing animal and human DNA, and we don't ever get to see the results of that. I wonder why. Let me take you here next. We're going to switch subjects a little bit. This is Ishmael Abdel Salam Hamed Haniye, or Haniye. He's born on the 29th of January, 1962. He's a senior political leader of Hamas, which means destruction. Hamas means destruction. He's the current chairman of Hamas, their political bureau. His name is Ishmael, and he's the leader of Hamas. He's an Arab. What's that got to do with anything, Joe? Oh, everything in the freaking world. The Arab people came through who? Whom? Ishmael, Abraham's first son. Well, yes and no. He's an illegitimate son. The Jewish people come through whom? Isaac. Now, technically, that's Abraham's second son. 
but it's his first son born of his wife. Ishmael is born of Hagar, an Egyptian handmaid, not born of the Hebrew lineage. Technically, in the types, you know, the world of the time, Ishmael should have inherited the birthright. That's a big deal back in the ancient times. But it was given to Isaac. This is the source of your problems in the Middle East, folks. The Ishmael creates the, there's 12 tribes of Ishmael. And from there, you get the Arabs and the Muslims. And there are 12 tribes of Isaac, which splits to 13. But from there, you get Israel, Jews, house of Israel, Jesus. All of this is in scripture. That's the source of the argument today. Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael was the firstborn son of Abraham. Therefore, Ishmael was supposed to be able to claim the inheritance according to God's covenant. Well, not quite. God chooses who he gives that to. This is man's way right here. One day, Ishmael was mocking and making fun of Isaac. Because of this incident, Sarah instructed that Ishmael and his mother Hagar be ousted from the inheritance and the land. And I've asked Charlie to look into this for me before. I've read from some certain rabbinic writings that um, the term laughing or mocking might imply something a little bit more, a little more insidious. Um, what I'd read across there is there was a, it was a threat to Isaac's life in some way, shape, or form. And I don't think, I think the word though is mean, just means laughing, doesn't it, Charlie? Did you get anywhere yes. with that? Well, there, that one's a deep hole <laughs> because again, when you get into the Hebrew language and linguistics, this laughing, hmm. That's the way we translate it, but when you look through the word plays and everything, because there's a there's another instance of this word used with Abraham and Sariah or, or Sarah when um, when they were, I think it was in Egypt, if I'm correct, one of those places he went, uh, and it says that he was, you know, laughing is the verb used there with Sarah, but. The king or whatever observed this and you know, he was he was not laughing. He he was basically making out with her, you know, in in, yep. in colloquial terms. So there's more going so on there's here. There's more to this word than just mocking or laughing. So there, this wasn't just teasing other, Isaac. No, there was something going on here that it was more than just, you know, saying, yeah. hey. It's probably been you know, lost to us in time. Yes, and, and so we don't really have a good working definition of this. Um, but it was something very insidious and serious. The point here, though, is this. that this is an ancient animosity between these two peoples. Yes. And it's a prophetic animosity that continues today. Yes. This is the origin of the dis of the dispute between Jews and Christians and Muslims, because Muhammad claims Ishmael. Yes. Yep. And this also gives you the dispute over the land and all that stuff. Just like yes, what's going does. on right now. Now hold on, keep your microphone on. That means we're going to jump next to the story between Jacob and Esau. Red soup, lentil soup, red red again in here, huh? Yeah. Esau's red. 
and the soup is red and this color red again, which is going to connect us to red soil, to blood and life and Adam. Yeah, like the scriptures call him a man of the earth, which yep. again has red intonations. and But it also means materialistic Yes, of the earth, of the flesh. He's a hunter. If he's a hunter, who's that going to connect me to in biblical thinking? It says he's a great hunter oh, 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 before gosh. the Lord. <laughs> does it not? Oh, yes, it does. Who's that yes. connect him to? Nimrod. Nimrod. Who made a name for himself. Mighty hunter. Yes. Folks, none of this is nothing. This is something. And this echoes through this right here. Jacob and Esau. Hold on, Charlie. I want you to help me with this one here. Again, Esau sells his birthright for a bowl of soup. He's so hungry. All he's worried about is his belly. When he sells his birthright, he sells the double portion of inheritance. He sells the dedicated, the priestly service in his family line and the leadership of his family. He sells the three promises for a bowl of soup. A bowl of soup. That's materialism. So Esau would be the spiritual father of all of our secular humanists, biblically speaking. Would he not be, Charlie? Yes, and he's very progressive too because he gets upset when when the blessing goes to him as well or to to Isaac instead of him and he's like, well, you know, I was still supposed to get the blessing, you know. Yeah, even though I sold it. Even though I sold it. Yeah. Yes. He doesn't want to be responsible for what he did. He wants his cake and eat it too. And then that would make Ishmael the leader of the Muslims, but that's also that's father of apostasy. And I mean, huge apostasies. It's an apostasy to the point that you can't recognize it anymore. Islam. It's a negation. That very well could be the final beast that comes against Israel in end times. So you have an apostate enemy and then you have a secular enemy. It's the same thing. They they still think they deserve the blessing even though they're not doing what is required to receive the blessing. Yep. Very progressive of them. Oh, required to receive. I thought it was just faith. Oh, Yeah. About that. Uh, there's that intermingling thing again in the Bible, isn't there? Yeah. But to me, when I look at human history, I see three threads running through history. Three threads. There's that three thing again there, Charlie. I see a secular thread. I see an apostate thread, which is everybody trying to do God their own way. That's going to be all religions. And then I see the one thread, the thin thread, trying to do it the way we were told to do it. Hmm. So what's the common thread here? Ishmael and Esau are angry for being left out of the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, what did they do wrong? They tried to do things their way. Or they didn't care at all. Esau didn't care at all. Ishmael wants to do it his way. Just like the Good Samaritans. For me, this is history. Everything I see in history can be explained in one of these three threads. Ayn Rand, she's Esau. The Pope, he's Ishmael. Comment on the board from Aaron Spikes. Why did Jacob and his mother deceive Isaac by putting hair on Jacob? I don't know. But that's his prophetic nature when he's born before his name changed. Jacob means what? Supplanter or... Yes. Yeah. Basically, but he takes things, you know, he airsips it, it, it. This is something that goes on throughout the biblical narrative. Oh, yeah. Yahweh is always putting the, the lesser in front of the firstborn. 
Right, but but also a big part of this is these people were given promises by Yahweh. Mm-hmm. But because those promises didn't come to pass in the time frame that they thought they should come yes. to pass, they tried to help yeah, help Yahweh. Yahweh to bring these to pass. And this is what is the result. Yep. So the way I look at this, what you have is Ishmael is apostasy in any form, false religions. Esau is secular humanism. Ishmael can also be paganism, folks, because whether you realize it or not, Islam is um, a pagan religion. They, they, they say they're monotheistic, but they're not. They worship several gods. That's in Muhammad's own talking teachings, but you got to get deep into the weeds there. So what I'm looking at, for me, I'm seeing a grand play a, a bit from Adam to the end of Revelation. I see a play of cosmic treason, and I see two enemies. It's a two-front war. Man thinks he's his own god, and then you got the false gods running around deceiving man, apostasy and paganism, all fighting against the ones who are trying to stay on Team Yahweh. And what I end up seeing is it's like a triple helix traveling through time, three little three little balls leaving a trail behind them, the trail being the threads, and they're all circling around the center, and they're all going around and around and around, struggling with each other. That's how I see time to see it that way and it's all moving toward a final destination the final destination is the restoration where two of those little balls and threads are going to disappear and there'll only be the one left now a lot of people say well that's all kind of fine and dandy joe but you know that's just your way of looking at it because you're a bible kook fine here's the thing about that though my way works i can explain every bit of this without having to revert to oh it's just coincidence or, oh, it's just the way things work. It's just chaos. It's random, whatever. I don't have to resort to a magic wand waving. I have a rational, coherent explanation for why just about everything that you're ever going to run by me fits. And I can tell you where it fits and how and why. Occam's Razor tells you go with me. Not the haphazard, random, just whatever, you know, the, the other explanations in the world. Occam would say go with the simplest, easiest answer. Well, that is the one I've given you. You don't have to accept it. I'm telling you it's why I have accepted it. And this goes through cycles throughout all of history. Yes. And so we can actually predict what will happen to our nation. We might not be yes. able to say when exactly. Or how. But, or, or exactly how, right. But we can predict what's going to happen. And now you know why I expect this nation to topple. Because it's the pattern. It's just a pattern. It's a prophetic pattern. So it's not that I'm being a pessimist or negative necessarily. It's not that I want to be. It's just that that's what looking at history the way I look at it tells me to expect. It's what's coming. So why should I act against what I believe? That's that's inconsistent, that's incoherent, that's irrational. I live my life according to what I believe. This is how I see the world. This is how I see it. You don't have to. You don't. It, it, I mean, you're free to sit here and listen to me and amuse yourself like the snake people do. Or you can listen to what I, and it, take what I, what I share with you, find, you know, sift it, find the nuggets that are useful to you in your life and your philosophy of the world and Use it and discard the rest. It's all up to you.
Um, I want to take this comment from James William Holt. By the way, Water Jug, it's good to see you back, man. We've missed you. Says, uh, Joe, do you think that a good actor, in quotation marks, could utilize AI to clearly and definitively show the corruption in our financial system and to show the architect and benefactors of the corruption? Yes, I do. But you know what would happen to that good actor if he tried doing that? Same thing that happened to the last good actor that tried that. They shot him in Dallas. Um, but yeah, AI, James, all of this stuff, technology, folks, don't get me wrong. If we were decent people, and this this is the difference here, secular humanism thinks man is perfectible by his own work. I don't. Um, I think you need something outside of man to cause man to control himself. You need a fear of something greater. This is what Voltaire meant. You know, if there was no God, you'd have to invent him. Voltaire was a deist. He didn't believe in a God that was actively involved in human affairs. Go read the rest of that quote. He's actually complaining about his wife. <laughs> yes, read the rest of the quote. But the comment used that way is still legitimate. It's valid. It, it, man needs something to force him to, you know, um, to behave. This is why Robert Winthrop said that you're going to be governed either by the bayonet or by the Bible. And the Bible tells you that that's what government is for. That's what the law is for. So if you're not going to do things that you're supposed to do, if you're not going to live righteously on your own accord, and you have government and the law to make the lawless get in line. So the people who will do right naturally of their own accord, because they chose to do so, all this technology is very, very beneficial to man in their hands. If Facebook were used the way it was originally intended to be used by the two, the twins, as just a means for family members to keep in touch with each, with each other through the internet, that would be a wonderful program. That is not what Zuckerberg turned it into. This is, but look, the human nature. There are more of us that want to use that for our own nefarious purposes than there are who want to use it good. And this is why it gets turned too ugly. And this is why we flock to it. Like, like gathers with like. So more people are on Facebook for the, for the ruckus, for the fight, for the muck than they are for the good. If you wanted just the good, MySpace would have never disappeared. But that's not what we want, which is why I tell you man is basically evil. Because I look at the world and I look at the objective facts and evidence that's available to me. And I'm like, there are more of us on the whole that do wrong and evil toward each other. Things that we would consider to be wrong and evil if they were done to us. But like James Holt was saying, if we had people who could control themselves and used all this technology to actually help and benefit mankind in an objective standard way, standard way. Yeah, we could do great things with it. We could fix the financial system system, and we would be able to identify where it's coming from and who's doing it. One of the things that James is bringing up, I don't know if he thought about this, but AI will identify all the different actors who have multiple accounts in the system, in the financial system for investment in Wall Street, you know, in the, the stock market. If, if I were a really, really rich person and I knew what was going on and I wanted to make myself even richer off the stock market, which is artificial gain. It's not real. The stock market is just artificial. But if I wanted to do this, I'm not going to do all of my trades under my name. I'm going to have two or three dozen little fake names. It makes it harder for you to realize that 
I'm playing the market and I'm making a ton of, I mean, just absolute obscene amounts of money doing this. If I do it all under my name, it's easy to find me. This is why it's harder to trace Warren Buffett and people like him. He doesn't do all of his trades in his own name out in the open. Yeah, because if you put it out like that, you can actually control the market. Exactly. And AI would find those people quickly. And now you'd know who the hidden hand behind Obama and Soros and all these people. You'd find the hidden hands. And that's why I guarantee you it'll never be done. Um, if you were to apply this same principle that he's talking about, that James was talking about, if you use AI and you apply it to some of the football games and you correlate across time the different calls and controversies in different games and you and you watch how they work, you're going to find that I can't prove this to you. But I'm, I'm confident enough on it to tell you that if you were to invest in this, this is this is what you'd find. I can't prove it. But I know this is what you'd find. You'd find that a lot of the football games in the NFL are rigged. <gasps> no. Which is why they're registered not as a sporting event, but as a entertainment, entertainment. organization. You mean it's it's kind of like world wrestling? wrestling? Yes. Oh, no way. And you're starting to see the same indications in college football. Yeah. I, I watched a game between Iowa and um, Minnesota. And Iowa won the game. On the last play, there was a punt return for a touchdown. Would have won the game. They took it away from him. Said he made a fair catch call. Nobody on the field thought it was a fair catch call on neither team. But the referees came back. They looked at the replay ostensibly to see if he was inside. No, they were looking for a penalty to call. Since when do you go back? If I want to play that game, I can go back and watch every play where there's a pass and I can find holding in the offensive line somewhere. There's holding on every play when you're throwing the ball. So we'd never, you know, all of this is just to rig the game. They didn't want Iowa to win that day for whatever reason. They took it away from them using the replay. And I know on a single instance, there's nothing to that. When you look at it on a macro, on a whole level, AI would help you find this. This is also why they are commercializing college football. The players, that's what the portal's for. That's why the players can now make money and sell their likeness and make money off their names and do advertising. This is all to turn college football into the NFL. It's all about money. It's, it's all, all about, about money, money, yep. money. Like one of your classmates here on the board today says the ruble must roll, baby. It's all about the money, money, money. And somebody, I think it was a road dog earlier, was was saying, you know, bye, bye, bye. Obey, 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 oh, bye, bye, bye. Hey, they live, Jack. Another movie that was a satire that turned into a documentary. Go watch They Live in Idiocracy. <laughs> yeah, Clay Tolar, for betting purposes. Yeah, I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. But AI can become a very powerful tool for good. The internet is a powerful tool for good if it's used that way. But now how many of us use these things for bad? There's never been a weapon developed that has not never. been used. Yes, exactly. That's because man is inherently evil. It, evil being defined from the biblical biblical perspective. But this is also why I told you that if they succeed with AI, you will create Skynet and a Terminator. That will be success. So quit worrying about that. That's Look what could go right. That's what could go right from their perspective. Um. um Jurassic Park, the book, the book is not about the dinosaurs. The primary, the main character in Jurassic Park is Malcolm. 
Jurassic Park was written to focus on Malcolm's point. He's he's lesser character in the movie because nobody wants to pay attention to chaos theory. But that's what's going on in that book. That's what that that's what Michael Crichton was really hammering on was chaos theory and how you think you can control it, but you cannot because you don't have every single stinking possible variable in the equation. If you leave one variable out of the equation, one, you're going to end up with, looky here, like Malcolm says, but life finds a way. Malcolm's the character. That book is worth reading just for Malcolm. And Jeff Goldblum plays that part very well in the first movie. But that's the whole point of it. We can't control this stuff. And that's success. They brought back life. They brought back the doc. That was success. But look what success does. The end result of their success wasn't what they wanted. They wanted to make a whole bunch of money. Got out of hand on them, didn't it? Well, when you succeed in AI, it's going to get out of hand on you. Oops. But don't think about what could go wrong. The whole point about thinking about what could go wrong is called wisdom. Knowing not to do it. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Let's, I, I, I can't read this while I'm doing the show without, so let's just put this up here. James Holt again, he says, I mentioned in comments on Steve's show that a smart group of individuals is rolling out an AI that will analyze publicly available voter registration forms to detect foul practices, namely calling out Democrats for ballot harvesting, wherein hundreds of thousands of individuals are listed under the same address in many voting precincts. Oh my God, they're taking their lives into their own hands. I want to see, hey, James, man, if you think about it, if there's a story like that, I'm going to look for this. I need a link for this. I want to watch this. I want to see where this goes because I know they're going to find it. But they'll find it in both parties. Re- don't forget, Republicans got caught and prosecuted first by Democrats because the Democrats knew they were doing it because the Democrats do it too. But yeah, that ought to be interesting. That's how to use AI, folks. That's a proper way to use AI. But we won't do that. Because AI is easier to use to make us rich and powerful at the cost of all the other human beings around us. Oh, boy, that one's going to be good, James. And we'll split, split, spin up a hydrogen, hydro, whatever, hydrogen collider and stuff. And, you know, yeah, even though the smartest man alive, the smartest kid what? alive tells us that's going yeah. to destroy the universe, yeah. the multiverse, going to cause a rip. What's the worst that could happen? Well, we could have residual effects that we've already destroyed our universe and got flung into different universes, just like the kids said we would. And instead of acknowledging what we did, we just call it the Mandela effect and glitches in the matrix. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, the glitches in the matrix Oops. are just uh, Photoshopped videos. Are Oops. they all just Photoshopped videos? That, hey. We've got 12 minutes left and I'm on donuts still because I took a booster <laughs> pill at the top of the hour. I stumbled across the documentary documentary that started it all way back in the 70s with Bigfoot. And this is the one. Uh, there's a guy that looks a lot like to me, to me, to me, looks a lot like Leslie Nielsen. He was an actor back in the in the 70s, too. He's got the same white hair and everything, and the same deep voice. And he wasn't Leslie. He did serious shows. Leslie did the jokes. But to me, they always looked alike because of the white hair and the same voice and everything. 
but he's narrating this show. And this one they took seriously because this is back when people were taking this thing seriously. You do realize, folks, that the lock, the, the existence of the Loch Ness Monster was proven back in the 70s, right? Y'all know that, right? Proven. They got photographs of this thing. Underwater photographs of it. They, they did. And they got it on sonar. And the sonar picture matched the pictures that they took. That's called proof. That's called corroborating proof, folks. And, and these things are like 30-something feet long and, and big. Okay. So they did that. And the, and the video shows that. Well, in this documentary that they did, before Bigfoot became something we have to hide, they went over the fact that we have had a body before, and the body disappeared mysteriously after it was handed over to the authorities, just like all the bones of the giants that are given the Smithsonian Institution disappear, even though we still have photographs from the 1800s of these skeletons when they were dug up. We have the photographs. They're not Photoshopped. They're real. Photographs of 11-foot-tall people you know, the mummified bodies and remains, the skeletons are sent to the Smithsonian where they disappear. So the body of the young Bigfoot was found encased in ice and it disappeared. So did the hand of the supposed hand of the Yeti disappear. Anything that actually is hard proof just disappears. But back in the seventies, they told us they had, this was before DNA, but they had unknown hair, you know, unknown origin hair. They had audio recordings that they said, we got no idea what this is. But whatever it is, it's it's showing that it can talk. We we had the even back in there they did they've done footage on the uh, in the um, this video is from the late seventies early mid eighties. But anyhow, they they did a um, an analysis of the walk of the Patterson Gimlin film, where they took an athlete in in his prime, a tall guy, six four, I think, looks a lot like the guy who plays John Reacher on the Prime shows, a big dude. Big guy. And they put the little white balls on them for like when you're doing CGI in the, you know, the animated movies, like the Marvel movies. And they tried to get him to walk like this creature and he could not duplicate it. It was physically impossible for him to match the screen. And they've also measured it. So what it, what, what it all comes down to is back at that time, science was taking this seriously. Sometime between the mid-80s and the mid-90s, Bigfoot becomes a joke in the media. Why? Why? Well, I've already told you what I think it's all about. It's very simple. If Bigfoot's real, well, then we've got to protect his habitat. Guess what I just shut down? The forest industry. That's big money. We're not going to shut that down. Just like oil is big money. We're going to attack it like we did the cigarette companies, but we're not going to shut it down. We're not going to shut down the cigarette companies. They make too much tax money. We don't shut down things that are harmful. We just tax the snot out of them and use them as boogeymen so that we can make money off of them for the government. That's what this is all about, folks. It's probably what it's all about. But that video, if you ever find that one, oh man, is that one good? It's about two hours long. That one brings the evidence that they had from years ago. And it's good. It's real good. They, they go over things that the, the United, they even show you the United States Army field manual that acknowledges the existence of Bigfoot from 1970s. He's in the U.S. Field, Army field manual. They, they tell you, they even show you where he's been, where he's believed to exist, where he lives. Well, how does something that doesn't exist end up in an Army field manual? 
<laughs> I don't know. That's just more conspiracy theory, right? Anyway, <laughs> this is not conspiracy theory Friday. This is how I see the world, folks. This is how I see the timelines. I see man's history as being prophetic repetitions of the epochs, all moving toward the final event, the, the restoration of man. Put us back in the Garden of Eden. It's all meant to teach a lesson, it's meant to teach man a lesson. You can't perfect yourself. It's meant to teach the watchers a lesson. I'm God, not y'all. Watch what happens. Y'all did the same thing. Let me show you through human beings. It, it, it's, it's all meant to teach lessons. It's not purposeless. It, it's got a purpose. And it, it's all moving in that direction. And that's a very Hebrew way of looking at the world. And I didn't look at the world this way for most of my life. This is a relatively last 10, 15 years of my life that I've started to look at this way when I started to really study the Bible and its culture. It wasn't until I started looking at it this way that I was able to synthesize everything that I knew. All of the history that I've learned throughout time, all the science, everything I've studied, science, history, sociology, philosophy, psychology, mathematics, all of it, all of it, all of it, physics, it all just gels. It fits. This is why I hold it. It may not fit for you. I got that. I understand that. And you know what? I'm not going to bash on you if you disagree with me. As long as we stay civil and rational and reasonable with each other, we can disagree. I don't care. It's when people get ugly or irrational and start telling me I must. When you start trying to trample on my free will, you got a problem. I won't trample on yours. I don't want to be that type of person. So those who think that, you know, well, you're just a big know-it-all, you think I've got to think your way. I've never told you that, not once, ever. I have told you there's consequences for not thinking in certain ways, but I haven't told you not to go that way. I just said, be prepared for the consequences. Tried to warn you. In a lot of cases, it's because I've already been that way. Come back. Snag that link for me, Charlie, and make sure I get it in an email or something somewhere, please. Because I got a hard time finding these got later. It. Thank you. Text it or get it to me somehow, please. All right, folks. We're going to wrap this up today. It's Friday. Finally Friday. Quack, quack. <laughs> it's, a, it's finally a Friday song. It's a country song, and somebody put um, hilarious things over top of it. it. It was played on the radio here locally, and it's just, it's just still in my head. <laughs> Any, sorry. But it's just, just is. Um, we love each and every one of y'all, man. And we're happy to see all of y'all here, especially you, James, man. It's been a long time, man. You and William. Good to see both y'all here today. Tortoise, you too. Road Dog, Dip, a couple of y'all, JMW. Aaron, yeah, you know. But Aaron's over there getting spanked by Caitlin. So we haven't heard from him in a while. She's punishing him for his tardiness and his snotty attitude. She's my enforcer. She's AI. She's an AI furry. <laughs> oh, she's not going to pop in this time. <laughs> if we do anything that you find valuable, please give us a thumbs up. That tells Charlie and Caitlin they're doing a good job. Tells me and that I wasn't total jerk that day. Thumbs up arrows and buttons and all. That's just for us. And uh, if it is something that you can that you think will help other people that you know, please share the show. But seriously, though, man. 
give him a little warning about me. I know I can be hard to deal with. Ha, I beat your programming, says Natasha. Yes, she did. I know I can be hard. I'm an acquired taste, and we mean it when we say it. But the show, the information I bring you, and the way I try to help you look at things differently, that's that's what's important to us, and that's what I hopefully you'll share. And I'm going to leave you with one last parting thought before we leave out of here, folks. Just wanted to ask you. Oops. That, that is not what I was putting up, Caitlin. But, like, Joe, I found that photo from the 70s you mentioned. Yeah, of the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, it's right there. And she didn't have the guts to put it up, so I threw it up there. My spiritual warfare is not doing well because I'm wanting to obliterate our AI, Caitlin, who happens to be a real person. <laughs> Who's Caitlin? I don't I know who she AI. is. <laughs> On a side note, I I keep Charlie, doxing you. <laughs> yeah, Charlie wanted me to screen share that, but I was like, hey, I'm not sure if I know how to do that properly, and I'm not going to mess with that live. So blame him <sighs> for that. All right, folks, y'all take care. We'll see you Manic Monday. Charlie will not be here on Monday. I'll be left all alone unless Caitlin joins us, and then she's got to try and control me from 30-something miles away. Again, who's this Caitlin you keep bringing up? You know, I'll be there. Well, Natasha will be here, but isn't yeah. Caitlin your alter ego? Not that I know of. Caitlin's a human being. Natasha's a furry. I don't know which Natasha you're referring to. <laughs> <laughs> now that I got all this crazy stuff. Keep it up, and you really will be by yourself Monday. Yes, James. What in the world's going on? We had a good tight show here until the last two minutes, and then the wheels came <laughs> off. All right, guys. We'll see you later, man. We're out of here. Bye. Take care. Stay safe. See you Monday.